Sundog Frozen Legacy is a free-roaming space trading sim that was years ahead of its time. See Atari ST Show, Episode 5. Hi everybody, welcome to the Atari ST Show. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Sundog, Rose and Legacy. Now, Aaron, this week's Atari ST Show is brought to you by our patrons, and in particular, Game Selection Committee members Dave Velociraptor and Graham W. Bebke. Salute. Now, Aaron, why do you think space trading is such a popular genre? You see it everywhere. You see it on the MUDs. You see it on the calculators. You B see it everywhere. BBSs? BBSs. You know, that's a darn good question, Boaster, because going back in my head, like, what? Did, where did this sort of uh, thing first appear? I'm assuming it would have been science fiction books. Because mm -hmm. if I go back and think about television shows that had a, a, an element of going through space and training, you're right, none of them come to mind. I mean, you know, Star Trek, they would move cargo around, but it wasn't anything like a trade simulator. Right. What do you... Can you think of the first time this was done in, like, a film or TV? I can't even think of one well, off my I, head. I think that there's Firefly always... Firefly is the first one that comes to my mind now. Well, it's Star Wars. Absolutely. Because Star Wars starred Han Solo, international space smuggler. That's true. But, know? I mean, there wasn't that many elements of him get, picking up cargo and moving. It well, was yeah. More like, and know. so, but I think that people became in love with the fact... I think everybody's always loved smugglers. That's why, you know, like, bootlegging and stuff like that. There's a, there's a sort of mystique around that sort of thing. You know, people love getting one over on the man. And when you can get one over on the man with aliens, bam, yeah, that's yeah. a winner. I remember, you know, I, I was just thinking as we talked about this, I've played Trade Wars, right? I played, which was, a you know, the BBS door game, right? Mm -hmm. And we then we played, you've got your elites, you've got your space rogues, you know, you've got, we've played many of these sorts of games. Mm -hmm. You know. I think people, you know, in my mind's eye, what I always wanted to be able to do in a game is to pick up a load of cargo, okay, and then you're noticed as you're leaving town and you've got to run through this town evading fire, throw the stuff on your ship, jump in your ship and take off just behind, you know, evading capture. That's the sort of thing that I think people dig, you know, when it... Now, what actually occurs is that you end up making spreadsheets of all the prices on all the planets, and the game becomes very much not like a game <laughs> after a while. And then you're you're consulting other people that have done this in a few. And, and so this is what Elite has kind of turned into for me. So so far, the the video game industry is not cut up caught up to my brain in terms of what I want. But I will say that today's game, several things in today's game. Uh, allow me to live that fantasy better than even modern games like Elite Dangerous. You know, uh, first of all, you described a scene from Firefly, the TV show, which I think, if you look at all, maybe that's why, I never thought about why I like that show so much, maybe that's part of it. It does, it encapsulates these sorts of games mm -hmm. quite nicely. Yeah. You know, where you go around, that you're barely making it, mm -hmm. you never want to fight if you can help, but you're devoiding the law, you're doing all this crap. It's very similar. I never, It never occurred to me until you just mentioned that. Uh, but uh, we you know we've played a lot of these, and the good thing is it, give, it does give us some uh, uh, idea of what we've seen, what we haven't seen, and what we'd like to see. So yeah. it does give you a good footing to look at a game. Yeah. So let's dive right in, Aaron, to Sundog: Frozen Legacy. So this was not an original ST release. This game was originally released for the Apple II. Yeah. Back in 1984. You know, we cover a lot of games on all of our shows. 
I think this is the first game that we've covered that originated on the Apple II. Maybe with Prince of Persia, that was an Apple II game, wasn't it? Sure, yeah. Yeah, so it's, but they're few and far between. You right, it, it, I will say, uh, I don't know if you how deeply you looked into the Apple II version, but there's, I mean, obviously the ST version is better looking, but I mean, there there are, they're very similar. It's Absolutely. not like there's a huge, uh, Absolutely. huge gap there. In that. So the, the Atari ST version came out uh, two years later in 1986. So this game was the brainchild of two men, uh, Bruce Webster and Wayne Holder. Okay, so Wayne started his career making hardware, forget this, the TRS-80. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he really made his money by the in the gl glamorous world of CPM. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> he designed a word processor for CPM called The Word, with exclamation mark, okay? Of course, CPM was cross-platform with all these different things, so sure. he made a ton of money. He used that money to create his own software company called Oasis Systems, okay? Uh, when Oasis needed a gaming division, uh, he called on his high school classmate Bruce Webster, and together they christened the games division FTL. So yeah. whenever you see FTL, FTL was a division of Oasis, which made all kinds of computer software. Mm. Okay, uh, you might remember FTL from episode one of the Atari ST show when we covered Oids, because Oids was also an FTL game. And I think they did. They also did Dungeon Master. They also they? did Dungeon yeah. Master. That's right. So. Let's talk about the story, the backstory of Sundog, okay? So this game comes with a three-page story in the manual. It doesn't come with a full-on novella, but no. it does come with some backstory. So this, this game takes place in the Jebel Imperial Protectorate. Yeah. Uh, which is a federation of planets. <laughs> uh, you play as a miner from one of the lower classes. So apparently if you are the low rung on the totem pole, you're a, you're a miner, you're a land lubber. Um, and uh, you have inherited, through a strange twist of fate, a one-man star freighter called the Sundog. Okay? Your job in the game is to find the site of a new colony. This is a religious colony called Banville. Okay. Uh, once you find the site, you need to find, buy, and deliver the goods that are necessary to complete the construction of the colony. Uh, then finally, you need to populate the colony yourself. That's wow. right, Aaron. That's, all comes to frog that's where all that's where again. that's where the dating sim aspect <laughs> of the game comes into play. <laughs> that's a sequel. Yeah. Uh, the third part of your mission is to locate the colonists who have been cryogenically frozen, who are located in warehouses scattered all over the region. I love that aspect of yeah. it. Yeah, we just store people in warehouses. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. It's the future, man. I love it. It's the future. Uh, so you've got to go through all eighteen plants and try and find these guys. Okay. So starting the game. Okay, so what did you think of the story, Aaron? You know, I will say, I did read the I read the whole manual. It didn't take long, no. by the way, because I was desperate for help. It didn't help much. Mm. But the opening story is well-written. Yeah. It's short. It's well-written. Uh, and the people that did the uh, opening story were no, clearly had written stuff before, because it was I thought it was quite imaginative. It talks about how the lawyer is this alien mm -hmm. who's a jerk. Right. And the alien lawyer basically says, listen, you guys, we're, we're going to win either way. You can take your ship and, or you can leave it. If you leave it, we're just going to sell the ship and make a bunch of money. And if you take it, you're going to go ahead and get killed 
and then we've got you insured for a bunch of money. Right. The ship. So either way it goes, we're gonna make a bunch. They didn't care. Yeah. And your character knows the guy's a fat jerk. I will say that the writing of this was is a step or two above what you normally get on the cassette inlay or you know inside inside a, a regular box game. Now, sure. if you're looking for help for the game, though, <laughs> that's a different that's a different that's a different <laughs> your story. Bones. And we'll get to that. Okay. So, but uh, so when you start this thing up, you see a beautiful. A beautiful title screen of the sun dog in, in space. It's yeah. floating there in all its glory. And from here, you can either load a game or you can start a new game. Okay, this is not a game that has multiple slots. Okay, you can either start from scratch or you can load a previous game. Okay, when you start a new game, uh, you name your character and you assign them attributes. This is this is a very role playing esque type of thing that you do here. I was isn't surprised it? about this. If I'm honest. And, and, and you get, like, a ton of points to sink into these attributes. It's like luck, it's intelligence, right. stuff like that. It was interesting. Yeah. And I, 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 just from a little research I did, that this stuff does make a difference somewhat. It does. It does. And so, you know, like you said, you get uh, intelligence, dexterity, strength, charisma, and luck. Okay? So you assign all your points, and after that, the game begins. Okay? So... This game does not feature what you call the old tutorial. No. <laughs> it features the old throw you in. That's first. right. That's right. In fact, the book, when you're reading the story, the story basically says, like, you don't know what you're doing. Like, you've got no idea where you're going or how to do anything. Like, good luck, jerk. That's why the lawyer's so confident you're going to die. That's right. right. So what do you see? Well, this game takes place from a top-down perspective, okay, when you're exploring planets uh, and when you are inside the sun dog and you're actually traveling through space, it's a first-person perspective, okay? Uh, the top-down perspective is from much higher up than other games like this. It's sort of a, a bird's-eye view of the planet. And uh, you zoom in. I think there's, there's three different levels of zoom. Uh, there is the zoom when you're in a city. And you see what looks like a Sim City city, basically. Uh, it looks very similar to the game Sim City, yeah. and that you've got uh, various buildings. The buildings are very colorful; they're very pretty looking. They're different. Yeah, they're all different. And uh, and then when you go inside of a building, you see a pop up, a pop up window. This game they call these these windows zoom action windows. They mentioned that in the manual. Okay, yeah. and this is a for us. This seems like something that's 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 not at all special, but at the time. In 1984, games didn't do this. Actually, they I thought this was incredibly special. Yeah, because you could go in everywhere, and they didn't—they didn't have pop-up these pop-up windows. This was not something you saw a lot in games yeah. like this. Okay, and so whenever you enter into a building, you see a window pop up, and you see the interior of the building. Okay, and inside the building, uh, you have people, and and so when you're in the city view, your character is basically a dot. It's like a pixel. Okay, when you go into a building, you see you're like a stick man. Okay, it's a little bit more detail. But there's one more zoom out sequence that you can go to if you actually travel outside of the city in your little space car. You get what looks like a sim life type perspective yeah. where it's like you see like this vast geological formation of the earth below you yeah okay that was that was very surprising Let's yeah just put it that way yeah now the the because of the the scale of your character and everything when you move around this city you move at Mach 10 because if you move the speed of a normal human as you're walking around it would take you forever to get anywhere okay and what you do is to move around you click and you drag your mouse you can click and drag your mouse anywhere on the screen. You don't have to click on your little guy. You just click and drag your mouse and your little guy will follow whatever direction you go. How did you find controlling 
that 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 part of the game. It's not my favorite. Did you ever use the the little like uh, I guess what would you call it like land car that's in uh, yeah, I use it all the time. Yeah, that and so uh, and I thought it was I don't you know this is that Diablo thing. I don't like doing it, but I mean. Give it, it's not the worst. It's not the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't know how this would play on an actual ST, you know, but it emulated it was okay. Yeah, yeah. So, like I talked about, you know, the, the zoom action windows are sort of this game's calling card. So, uh, when you click on different objects in the environment, uh, you get these zoom action windows pop up. When you click on yourself, a window opens which shows your vital statistics, your inventory. Let me ask you a question about mm-hmm. that window. How long did it take you to figure out how to eat? Oh, yeah. Because... It doesn't. It's just a little plus sign near your head. Right. Right. Yeah. So I was. I'm like, what do I do, Drag? I can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the manual, I finally saw that that's one thing it did tell you. Mm-hmm. It's like this makes you eat food. I'm like, and, oh. And you and we would both love this universe because the, the hamburgers are the main staple it's like of Big existence. Big Macs yeah. and beer. That's all you got. <laughs> so uh, when you click on a shopkeeper, the inventory conversation options open. Uh, when you click on a building in a city while you stand in front of it, a window opens showing the interior. You can move around the interior. Again, I just can't tell you how advanced this is for 1984 on the Apple II, 1986 on the ST. Yes, I mean, it's, it's very it's, advanced. I was uh, I was overwhelmed with the amount of options you've got yeah, in this. Yeah. Now, speaking of your vital statistics, this is a game where you have to keep track of your health yeah. just as much as your progress of the mission. Yeah. Uh, you have to make sure you sleep when you get tired. You have to make sure you eat when you're hungry. You got to cure yourself of bodily harm should you get mugged in the street. Oh yeah, by the way, you could get mugged in the street in this game. Did you try fighting the mugger? No, I always ran away or just laid down and died, which is pretty much what I do in real life. <laughs> I was surprised for the mug. There's also bums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's people that want to sell you random stuff. Yeah, it's garbage. Yeah, yeah. So this is a game. I mean, when you start the game, okay, you, you find yourself you're inside the sundog looking down at a top down perspective. If you've ever played, have you ever played FTL, the no, game from 2012? No. Okay, FTL is a wildly popular roguelike game that came out in 2012. Your brother knows all about it. Oh yeah, okay? I've heard about it. Yeah. Um, so picture that. Uh, just with a little bit less great graphics, and, what, yeah. and that's what that's what you have here on the Sundog. In fact, the FTL they took their name from this studio. They took the, the they took the the name FTL came directly from the studio. So hmm. this is, I mean, if you ever play FTL, you'll be like, man, this looks just like Sundog. Yeah. This particular thing. Okay. So um, anyway, uh, you can take a look at your ship systems. You can back your detachable lander out, or you can take off, or you can walk right out the door. You have complete freedom. Um, when you walk outside the door of your ship, you find yourself at the city, which I said, like I said before, it looks a lot like SimCity. Uh, from here, you're on your own. You can do whatever you want. In terms of what the docks give you, they say, hey, go, do do stuff, yeah. okay? You're not giving any sort of key to which buildings are what, so you'll need to enter each type of building to figure out what kind of building it is. Uh, the good news is there's only four or five types of buildings and their external architecture gives away what they are. Uh, there's a ship's garage where you can go and repair your ship and fill up your tank. Uh, there's a bank for deposits and withdrawals. Lots of banks. There's hotels where you can get a good night's sleep as well as various stores to buy food or parts for your ship. So there's all kinds bar. of different buildings. And there's, there's a bar. Gambling. Right, yeah. right. Uh, one of the things that's so cool about this game is how populated the worlds feel. Uh, although the city streets look empty, when you go into any buildings, you'll see NPCs they are milling about. You can see them enter and leave. They just kind of loiter around. It really makes these uh, these buildings and the whole city feel alive in a way that I've never really experienced from a game. Like when you play Elite, 
you don't really feel like you're existing in a populated world. You don't see tons of other ships. You don't. You definitely don't see other people because you never leave your ship. And it's, this is an interesting game to compare with Elite, and and that's the aspect that you would compare. I mean, you have limited, like you said, when you port an Elite, there's a limited things you can do, and you're not getting out and actually doing them. Mm-hmm. You know, this game, you're getting out. You're walking. You're driving. Sometimes you go out and you drive your thing into the woods, like yeah. you, and you're just, it, like you said, it zooms out. Mm-hmm. I was stunned at that, like him not knowing what I was doing. And you can traverse forever trying to get to the stuff. You can do a lot of this game without ever getting in your ship and leaving, because when you first get the ship, the ship's got some busted stuff in it, so it sort of tries to get you. Okay, you need to go get the stuff, right? Because you if know? you don't, if you don't repair your ship, you can take off. But you're going to get destroyed by the pirates, right? And and you need all the help you can get. You well, we'll get to that. But yeah, so you it by default the game gets you to go into the towns because I'm sure they thought to themselves no one's going to go into these towns. We worked on them, you know. And you're right when you get in there, there's people in there that you can talk to. There are people that will mug you. There are people wanting to sell you stuff. You're going and trying to negotiate for getting uh, what kind of cargo you're going to get. You know, and you load the cargo on your little mobile gimmick, the little you know, the little Land Rover thing, uh, and take off with it. There's a lot going on. You can gamble. You, you said you can go and sleep. You can go and drink. There's a. It feels like a more fleshed out game. Now, with that comes certain drawbacks, which is there's a lot going on, mm-hmm. and you can get lost in it if you or lose track of what you're doing very easily in the game. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And so, you know, as you walk around, you learn the hard way that you need to take your lander with you whenever you can because the muggers will come, and they will come often. Uh, these guys, they say, your money or your life, pal. And if this is where the, I think if you bump up your intelligence, that's the that's the thing that gives you the uh, the ability to talk your way out of things. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I read. That's I watched. What I, read. I watched the playthrough of this. There's not a whole lot on this, mm-hmm. frankly, and there's not a whole lot to help you. And so, but I, the playthrough I watched, I I saw how he negotiated with the various things to get out of trouble. I thought, you know, that's the way to go because in this game, combat's double tough. Yeah, and so you don't want to have to fight if you don't have to. Right, right, right. And so basically, what you're trying to do is just make it to the edge of the zoom action window so you can yeah. escape. Um, so in addition to walking around planet side, you also drive this lander vehicle, which is just a slightly larger square that detaches from the back of the sundog, which looks a little bit like the Enterprise when you look at it from this viewpoint. It looks viewpoint. like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and you can drive around, but you can run into trouble here too, because if you park your landing vehicle, not in a parking lot, <laughs> yes. it'll get bolted and yes. you have to pay. <laughs> To get it unlocked. Yeah, that. So, yeah, I found that out. I would just drive up and go in. And you can't just do that. You can't right. just drive up and go in the store. You yeah. got to. You got to park it. Yeah, yeah. So the first thing you're supposed to do in this game <laughs> is to locate the site of the colony. By the way, the uh, this is something that the manual does not tell you wh- how to do at all. They just they say you need to do it, but it's conveniently located on the planet you start on. Yeah, it does okay? say that. So I honestly have no idea you'd know that you have to drive off into the wasteland of this planet. Because the way that this is set up is that you've got the city, but then outside the city you have this pattern. And it looks just like like a grassy type pattern. And you really have to drive like until you get nothing but grass forever and ever yeah. before it pops out and you see that Sim Earth type like you know, uh, zoom level where you see great portions of the planet. I was surprised you could even go into that area because in a lot of games you would that would be like a border. Exactly. And so when you can go into it, you know, right there something's up. Right. And then you actually get in, into the game proper. 
And you actually do have to go in there. You have mm-hmm. no choice in the matter. Right. But that's how you find the other cities and stuff. Right, right. So once you start your colony, once you get that going, then it's time to take a look at your ship. Okay, Your ship's components are laid out in a grid. Okay, And you see all the different parts and the quantity needed of each to make everything run optimally okay and the thing that i like about this again to compare it to elite elite is entirely text-based you know you never see the parts right your ship in this thing you actually see the parts and they look like cool sci-fi parts you also sort of have to like and that's again i got this in the playthrough i'll watch as well you kind of have to like write down or i'd use my phone oh yeah i I I had a post-it note that i write i took screenshots with my phone so i can remember what part to buy Mm -hmm. because then you can see what the different parts look like because you you've got parts that are busted but then you also have parts that are partially repaired by shunts and so you can you can choose to use a shunt and that'll kind of get you going but you really want to repair the good news is that you've got plenty of money at the beginning of the game and you can go to the bank and withdraw money and fully repair your ship before you go uh one thing that you do need to do when you're on your way to the colony is you've got to stock up with burgers because you're going to have to roam around this thing this planet and even though you roam quickly your hunger counts down in real time. So you've got to have enough burgers to get you going. It's yeah. like life. you got to drive around with six or seven Big Macs at all I'll times. I'll be honest with you. This game was, this is a criticism, this game is complex enough. I could have done without, and this is another standard from the old days, mm-hmm. the eat, sleep, right. all that job. I could have done without that, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So um, continuing on your journey, you fix up your ship, you go to the bank, you withdraw money, and then, again, you're completely on your own. So the idea of this game is that you make money by buying goods at commodity stations on one planet and selling them at another planet, just like an elite. Okay, so it's time to take the disguise. It's time to it's time to, to cast off. Okay, so when you lift off from a planet, the viewpoint changes to a first-person look out of the viewport with a menu of commands on the left side. Okay, and when you lift off, you're greeted to a pretty cool lift-off sequence where you see the buildings disappear below yeah. the horizon. It looks, looks neat, and then you're in space. And then it's time to figure out what to do next. Oh, man. I had all kinds of... And on top of trying to figure it out, you're also accosted at every turn. Right, right. Yeah, so this was tough. So I was going to ask you, what did you think of this part of the game, the ship control part? Well, I thought it was... Again, having played Elite and games like this, I thought it was... uh, um, You get into more of what those games are... I thought this game was real deadly. I, I don't know how often you got accosted, but all the it's time, like all, it's just like continuously. Yeah. And so it, t- you know, the funny thing about the ship, the way the ship's laid out, you have to go to different parts of the ship to do different stuff. So you've got to. There's an area to tell you how much your damage you've got. Just mm-hmm. engineering. There's a bunch of like the same area because right. there's a bunch of stuff you have to do the same area. Then you got to go to navigation. You've got to figure that out. Also, there's a uh, there's a warp meter there's a fuel meter there's all there's a whole meter there's all these different meters to keep track of especially if you're in day if you're in a combat you've got to watch all these meters then you have to sort of pick an area to go to you can warp to a whole different part of the air of the of the uh, universe or you can stay in the system you can go then you've got a different map to negotiate mm-hmm. i mean this sounds like it's a complete disaster you can figure it out it's one of those games where if you sit down and screw with it which is what i had to do you can figure it out, but you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. You're going to screw up. You're going to, and then I think your luck takes it is taken into account when it does the warp calculations because you could end up warping to the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. which I did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, in theory, the goal of the game is to get up in the air, go to some other system where you can make money, then get there, then land, mm-hmm. and then get to the point where you can sell your goods. Right. And unlike Elite. 
those are separate things yeah. that you're going to be doing. You got to get yeah. back out of the ship. You got to go. Yeah, and so and you're going to get you're going to have people just like on the city streets. You're going to meet people in space. They're not nice. You can try to negotiate with them. I do like the fact that they give you the option of a couple different things you can say to these guys mm -hmm. to try to get out of it. Right. But I didn't. I didn't have much luck. And when it came to the when it comes to the actual combat, the game was pretty much the standard fare. You try to. You've got a couple of these. Uh, uh, radar system that you try to line up. It's a 3D radar system. You have to line up the enemy until you see him on the screen. Then you've got a crosser. Then you try to shoot him, and he's a lot better shot than mm -hmm. you are. And every time he shoots you, he's not just taking down your shields or your hull. He's taking. He, he's also blowing parts of your of your ship off. Mm -hmm. So every time you get hit, it's costing you money. Right. And since you're trying to do this to make money, you've then got to hope you get down and survive or run away and get to land, and turn a profit that covers your losses getting there. And I took a bath in this game. I went broke a bunch of times on my playthroughs because it's hard. I also got killed a lot of times because you can get killed like that. You do not, under any circumstances, want to fight right, right. in space. Am I wrong here? Did you ever have any luck? No, no I don't know. I'm sure you can upgrade well, your ship's Again, Again, it just, it just ha I mean, you're just going to have to buy and sell and trade and trade and trade right. to be able to upgrade. Now, I do want to tell you about the game's ending. Okay, because not yep. many people know about the ending of not this game. Not me. I okay. didn't get anywhere near the ending. Of I this found game. this on. There's this guy. This yeah. is a guy. He is. He 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 dedicates himself to finishing these esoteric games. Okay, and uh, and so anyway, when you manage to buy all the materials needed to build the colony, and then you return the frozen colonists to the game, the game ends. Okay, now you'd think a game as fully featured and as future looking as this one would have a really spectacular ending. Unfortunately, you'd be wrong. Oh, man. Uh, the end screen is literally just a zoom action window that pops up that says, Congratulations, you built the colony in however many days it took you to build the Did colony. Did you ever find any colonists? No. Yeah, me. You never find out the reason. None of the mysteries. Again, this thing sets up for a great story. You never figure out the reason why your uncle mysteriously disappeared. Right. They make a huge deal out of that. You never find out anything about the society of the new faith which is the colony you just built and prepared. Uh, you never even find out what happens to you as a result of your awesome deeds. None of that is explained. You get one zoom action window. You can't even sandbox around afterwards and build more money. You just have to start a new game. That's the only thing you do. Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't even come close to getting to the end. No, but for God, somebody no. who did all the legwork, I can imagine just being disappointed on this, just bordering on just hating this game because well, of that. One would assume the name of this, for uh, Sundog Frozen Legacy, is that maybe they had planned this to be a, an, an ongoing so. series. Mm -hmm. You know. Now, I want you to talk to the people, because if you saved my bacon on this and the guys in this part. One, there's a reason why this game doesn't get talked about that much, and I think part of it is because of how difficult it is to keep it running. Talk to the people about the, how much trouble you had. Just so I was never able to get this game running for an extended period of time. I saved a lot. Yeah, because of yeah. That. You have to save constantly because you know there were there's multiple theories, but what I've discovered is that there's this thing called the red screen of death, which is exactly what it sounds like. At some point, the game just stops, and, and everybody's like, "Well, no, it's an anti-piracy thing." Well, I tried. Every version that people get, I tried every version I could find. What I think it is, is I think it's some sort of an error with the emulation. It's I think that it's an error with the emulation that they just haven't figured out yet. 
The ST, as we all know, is not, it doesn't have the emulation community that the Amiga has. Now, you played this on the Mister, right? I played this on the Mister, and I also played it on the ST emulator on the computer. Now, see, that was my question. Was it crashing on that as well? Yes, I had the exact same red screen of death happen on the computer. So I only played on the Mister. I do not know what the answer is, and I don't think anybody online knows what the answer is. Uh, all of the playthroughs that I have seen online, I believe, came from real hardware. Uh, and uh, so if you are looking to play this thing, just be prepared to save a whole ton and just be prepared that when you get that red screen of death to just restart it. I um, will say, the playthrough that I used as my guide, and he played for about an hour, an hour and a half, mm -hmm. he did emulate. Okay, you know, so, so he must know something I don't know. Or maybe he just got lucky, yeah. or maybe it crashed and we didn't see it. Right, lines. right, so, yeah. right. But this one, because I even had it crash on me on the Mister a couple times, and I, but I was expecting it because you told me, so mm -hmm. I was... I was yeah. saving my game a lot. So let's talk a little bit about the ports of this, Aaron, if you want to switch over to the old port screen. So like I said at the beginning, this was originally released on the Apple II in 84. This looks surprisingly similar to the ST version, given how old the Apple II is compared to the ST. I mean, Apple II came out in 77, ST came out in 85. You would think that the, the jump would be bigger, but it's it's the really the biggest difference is that you control this game with the mouse on the ST, you control it with an analog stick on the uh, the Apple II. Uh, the colors are a little bit better, not a whole lot better. Um, there's a little bit more detail, not a ton more. Uh, other than the upgraded graphics and the addition of a point system that I don't think anybody understands. You, there is a point system like in a Sierra game, but I, nobody knows how it works. Uh, it appears to be a pretty straight port. Uh, now, let's talk a little bit about the reviews for this yeah, game here. Yeah, I read this, a couple This of surprised me. Yeah. Um, given this game's legacy, this game did not review particularly well. I, yeah, I, I saw that. I was surprised as well. Um, a review Reviews from 1986 scored this game in the 80s. And then I guess it got re-released two years later. It got reviewed a bunch of by a bunch of mags a couple of years later, and it just got buried. It got buried. So you know, this game is one of these games that has a very uh, a very strong cult following. Uh, but the contemporary magazines at the time, I think the the big problem with this game is they 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 throw you in the deep end, and you can't do that on a game like this. You just you're not going to have a good time unless you are just somebody that is going to dedicate. A massive amount of time like you can make a game exactly like this and make it accessible just by giving the player some guidance in the manual and it doesn't have to be solving the game for them but just give them a couple pointers to get started you know I read I read a couple reviews for this out of the magazine mm -hmm. back in the day and they I, part of the reason they didn't like they I didn't the ones I read I read two they didn't kill it there was like the D plus C level, you know. That's sort of killing it. Right, but I mean, I, I think killing, I think like an F. So, but they both mentioned the graphics were dated. Mm -hmm. And of course, here you are, you've got your Atari ST, and this come, and this doesn't look like a 16-bit game. No, let's, let, no, it let's doesn't. Let's like get ourselves. Now, with that said, um, when you play this, would people enjoy it now? The answer to this, to me, uh, if you can get it to run stably, is a an absolute resounding yes, mm -hmm. and the reason I say that is, and trust me, I talked to Boat a lot this week. I was trepidatious about stepping into this thing because it's complicated, and you get no assistance, and there's really like there's not a whole lot online about it. But this is a game that if you're into your elites or your spacers, this is actually a game that's really cool. Mm -hmm. It is neat to go on these planets and explore. It is neat to go in the buildings. There's a lot to do. 
there's a lot to talk about. It's not something, I mean, this is a game, it's almost like the whole land aspect of the game, you don't get in any other game. They right. only, and the space stuff's just as, I mean, it's, is the space part of this as good as, say, an elite? It's hard for me to say. There's but definitely it, not, there's not as many planets. It's but, not, I mean, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's not necessarily Because this bad. isn't the kind of game, because you're, the, you, the planets are fleshed out. There are 50 cities in right, this. Right, right. Stretched across the universe that you can visit. Some, some cities, some planets have multiple cities. You can even trade without going into space. Mm-hmm. You can pay, you can pack your little car up, drive to the other city, mm-hmm. and try to make a buck. And sometimes you get lucky. Right. Sometimes you get to take a bath, by mm-hmm. the way. Fuel prices vary. But, I mean, let's say that the, the, the space part is fairly good. Okay, it's maybe it's not at full elite level, but that's okay. Yeah. But the ground part makes up for everything else mm-hmm. because it's a whole separate adventure down there almost. Absolutely. They work well together, assuming you can get your footing. This is not the kind of game that a guy like me is going to sit around and play. But there is there are people that love these sorts of games that probably haven't played this one. We knew about it strictly by rep, mm-hmm. and God knows where we heard about mm-hmm. it. We've been doing this for a while, so someone must have mentioned it to us. Uh, and but I mean this is a game that I think this is sort of a hidden gem. In all yeah. honesty, mm-hmm. if these are your types of games, I think there's a lot of fun to be had with this one. I mean the the FTL they they've got a rep, you know, for putting out good stuff. And you know this isn't going to be a dud. And if you and graphics on the ST in when this was released, it's a big deal. You just got to but now it doesn't matter because because now we're playing everything that's old. So and the Apple. The, the ST, it's all sort of melds together in the in the passage of time. Mm-hmm. So it's not to me, it's not as big a deal as it would right. have been back then. Absolutely. And so you can sort of skip right over that. Graphically, the game's fine. It's totally functional. The the menus are okay. You can understand what's going on. You have to understand the various aspects of when they come up. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot to do. And you mentioned, like I said, changing out the systems. Keeping up your ship, there's a certain joy to having these graphical symbols. Yeah. For these I mean, it, when it comes, I would rather play a game like this and play Elite because yes. you feel like you're part of the world. You do. It's, you feel it's a like more you're part play, of the world. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even the ships, it seems more important to you. Yeah. Because you see your ship. You're in there, yeah. make, you're tearing out the old part, you're putting in the part. In Elite, all you're doing is hitting the inner button. Right. Now, I mean, uh, this is very much like I so said. This is like uh, this reminds me an awful lot of the of the show Firefly mm-hmm. because it's you're even down to where you drive the car down to the town. Yeah. It's exactly yeah. the same. I would love, you know, it's almost a shame that they made Elite Dangerous instead of Sundog: The Next Generation. Yeah. Because this is a game that man, if they ever decide to take this concept this, and update it, boy. this sort of reminds me of like the early 80s version of like a No Man's Sky. Yeah, yeah. You know? Now in that absolutely. game you're going to these procedurally generated aliens and they don't have that in here. But you're, the ability to fly wherever you want do whatever you want and trade, that's what this is except it came out decades earlier. Right, so right. there you go. We did get one Discord review from this uh, from Graham W. Bebke. He says, without messing around, this is the base. This is the best space-based game combining elements of strategy, combat, and RPG elements. Better wow. than Masters of Orion, better than Elite Frontier. This game is so detailed that it will take months to complete, and I first discovered this game on the Apple II. FTL, who made this, and Dungeon Master have made a game that still stands up today. Sure, the plot of the game is nothing new. You are a released slave who inherits an uncle spaceship and a contract to keep the colony supplied, which starts off as expected, but the game grows more sinister as you progress and you end up having influence on the fate of the universe. When I previously said the level of detail in this game, I went detail to the nth degree. 
pilot the spaceship, be engaged in space combat, navigate to a colony, land and drive in a vehicle, get out of the vehicle, walk the streets and enter buildings to interact with people. Yes. For the time of development, this is staggering. If I was to give any criticism, it would be that the game at times can be quite difficult the further you progress, and this is not a rewarding game for those who don't like to invest time in the game and want instant rewards. Otherwise, this is a classic on the Atari ST and the Apple II, 9 out of 10. Yeah, and it's funny, but we've played some, like, let's say lighter fare the last couple uh, mm -hmm. months on the ST. This, uh, not graphically, but gameplay-wise, is a tour de force. Yes. Of, of gaming uh, that if you can, again, if you can stably run it, if you've got an ST and this is your cup of tea, you need to get in this right yeah. now. And it's worth noting that we are using this, uh, if you're watching the YouTube version, this particular playthrough does not feature the space combat at all. Yeah. And so just because you don't see it on here, trust us, it's there. Well, the space um, combat is not something you don't ever want to right, see. I right. will say that for future well, reference. Well, in my case, the space combat was the space getting blown up. It was actually quite like this. You'd see <laughs> space for a split second, then you'd be dead back on the planet. Right, it's pretty, right. Pretty similar. Right. So uh, I checked on eBay, Aaron. This is a very expensive game to own. Uh, this is a game with quite a following, and so you're going to have to pay about 120 bucks to get a complete uh, version of this game for either the ST or the Apple II. Wow, uh, so this is a this is not a cheap game, but uh, this is a game, of course, that is is going to pay you back in terms of the amount of time that you're able to invest in it. You know, I rarely say this, but this is one game that could have used the novella. Yeah. Because we liked the writing we read, and we needed more backstory. Possibly, it could have included some ship control help as you know, well. The, it's possible to write a backstory and include things that will help you in the game at the same time. Yeah. Or, and, uh, and of course, this is predates your uh, help the helpful first brains of a game like right. I do now, but right. that wouldn't have been the worst idea either. Now, Aaron, it's time to bid a fond farewell to Sundog Frozen Legacy. And I want to remind all of our listeners that we want to hear your feedback. Please feel free to leave us a comment on YouTube, and if you could review us on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice, it only takes a couple seconds, but it really helps this show kind of become more well-known. Uh, we release this show in both podcast form and video format on YouTube, at, uh, you can go to bit.ly slash Atari ST show. You can see all of the shows there. It's all on Amigos Retro Gaming. That's the name of our YouTube channel. We also record live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. If you want to support the Atari ST show, just visit patreon.com slash Atari ST show. We do have a goal there. If we can get to $200 of Patreon support a month, the Atari ST show will go from a monthly show to a weekly show, which would be super awesome. Yeah. And that leads us, Aaron, to our ST Supporter Roll Call. We want to thank all of these fine folks for supporting the Atari ST Show on Patreon. Laurent Giroux, Twilight Zoner, Olivier Massoud, Tim Drew, Retro Jerry, and Bernard Quinn. Thank if, you. If you like this show and you want to hear more of us talking about old computers, feel free to check out our other shows. We do a show called Amigos, Everything Amiga. R. Sinclair, an American take on the ZX Spectrum. The Coco Show, which is all about gaming on the Tandy Color Computer, and ARG Presents, where Aaron and the Brent spin the wheel and make the deal. All of these can, of course, be found on anchor.fm slash Amigos Podcast or on our YouTube channel. Aaron, it's time to talk about what we're going to play on the next Atari ST show. Space Racer. I've got no idea, but I do recognize... Uh, is that Laura Seal or whatever the, oh, uh, the, the French, French developer? developer. Yeah. So 
We, me and Britt have, have tangled with them many times on ARG. Mm. So we'll see what they've got to offer here on the FT boat. Well, it's time to get on it. If you support the show and you are a member of our Discord community, uh, please play it up and write us a review to read on the air just like Graham did this past week. Guys, thank you all so much for listening and make sure you play your Atari today.